Hey, it's Tara, and this is a little bonus episode of What Works, the show that goes behind the scenes to explore how small business owners are building stronger businesses without the shoulds and supposed tos. Now this month, we've been talking all about building an audience or finding customers, as well as how those two things are different. And one of the things a conversation about audience building always comes back to today is content. What kind of content do you create? Where do you share it? Who do you create it for? And on and on. But the big question I get repeatedly is, how do I know what content should be paid for and what content should be free? And I get it. There's a whole industry out there that appears to be helping you sell content, whether it's eBooks, online courses, membership sites, Patreon incentives, or paid newsletters. But what I've learned is that we are never selling content or information or even ideas. We're always selling an experience. We craft an experience of content that facilitates transformation. And that's really what people buy because the info is out there for free already, right? Even if your product is quote unquote only an online course with no feedback, no live calls, no engagement from you, it's still an experience because you've crafted each module and what order they appear in, you've chosen the course platform, you've designed the way you're delivering the information, all to facilitate change. That's an experience. Now, anyway, I want to share a clip of the What Works Network Insider Hour from this month, where I share how I approach this question specifically in my own business and how my thinking has changed over the years. I get into my overall strategy for content as it relates to our product, and I talk about how that approach ties into our sales process, too. So to start off this response by highlighting something that has been really important to me from the get-go of the What Works Network, and that even today, when I'm creating a lot more content, is still really important to me. And that is part of the move to this community-based business support offer has been detaching the value of what we do from the content that I create, which means that most of the content, not all, but most of the content that I end up publishing like long form to the What Works Network is also public content because it's not the content that the value proposition relies on. It's support, it's conversation, it's connecting ideas, connecting with others. That, that's where our value proposition is. So what I create publicly and what then also share inside of the membership, essentially we think of them as conversation starters, right? So out in the public world, I'm not really starting conversations. I'm sharing ideas, posting content. Do some people comment on it on an Instagram? 
sure, but it's not, it is not at all the same. So inside of the network, we do tend to have much richer conversations around those pieces of content and not just in the comments. Also, what I really love to see is when someone says, Hey, I read that thing that Tara just put out and it got me thinking about this other thing. And I wanted to bring it uh, to the, to the conversation here and, and find out what other people are thinking about. Those are some of my favorite posts because that does not happen in the public sphere at all. And it really only happens in these spaces that we create for that very purpose. And so to me, that is, that's the value, right? The space that we create for that type of conversation, that is the highest level of the value proposition that we offer, that means that my content is, uh, like I said, detached from that value proposition. It's part of how we do what we do, but it's not the reason that people join. So that's the first thing, I, that's the first caveat that I wanted to put out there for that. In terms of the right amount, right combination, Similarly, what I've found is that I think what is more important to me than the amount of content that I create or the combination of public and private that I create is the sort of ongoing extended conversation that we have every month. And I do believe it is more of a conversation than a monthly guide, a monthly activity, a monthly course, a monthly workshop. You know, we call it a deep dive, which I think is which I think is fitting, but to me I think of it as a conversation. So the conversation that we are actively facilitating and leading every month is the theme of that month. And so to me that's what's important is what are all the different ways that we're going to facilitate and lead that conversation inside of the network every month. Again, the content is a tool that we use to do it, but it's not the point of value that we're focused on. That's really the distinction that I make in terms of content and the community, which leads into how I think about the open and closed membership model. The content that I create, I want to demonstrate and model the richness of the conversations that we can have because of these extended conversations uh, about these themes. And so I used to, and I would still totally do this for a different kind of business, I would create content that then people would want more of. You write a public piece and people say, oh, I like that. Where can I get more of this? I'm not trying to do that with the content itself. I'm trying to do it with what that content represents. This is getting very fuzzy. <laughs> but what I'm thinking about is not, okay, here's a piece on audience building. It's audience building month you know, join now. That's not how I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it in terms of every month is an opportunity to demonstrate the depth and richness of our community through the content that I create. I don't know how successful that is, honestly, <laughs> but that's how I think about it. And I do, 
you know, more and more and more we're hearing from new members. Oh, you know, I was thinking about this for the last couple of months. Uh, and I decided to to take the plunge this month. And to me, that does say that's working, that they're getting the impression, you know, within two to three months, that this is the kind of place that they want to invest their time, energy, and money because they see that depth and richness being modeled on a regular basis. And you know, does it work as well as the sort of, if you like this, then you'll love, you know, you know, here's where you can get more of it. Probably not, <laughs> but it's what I am enjoying right now. It's working well enough that we keep doing it and refining it and making it better and making that process better and, and more direct and clearer. The trade-off that I might be able to do it and get a higher conversion rate another way doesn't really factor into it for me because this this way works well enough and it makes me happy. And I think that it creates a, a really great environment inside of our community as well. So that's that's also what I'm thinking about because I don't want people joining because they want to get more of the content that I'm creating because that's not what we do, right? To go back to the first part of your question, I want people to join because they want to engage, right? Because they want to become part of the conversation because they feel an affinity toward the way we think about business sort of collectively in all of its you know, variety still. So that's how I think about that. And that means that the campaigns are built with that in mind. Now, don't get me wrong. This approach to content and sales has taken some work to arrive at. And like I said, there are easier ways to go about all of this if your only consideration is selling to more customers. But that's not my only consideration. We're always balancing the culture of the community, the quality of the conversation, the accessibility of our ideas, and the bottom line when it comes to how we market and sell. And I have a feeling that you are as well. Wes Cow talks about this in her article about the spectrum between brand building and performance marketing. She writes, performance marketing means better short-term conversion, but worse long-term brand equity. And brand marketing means worse short-term conversion, but better long-term brand equity. Sales funnels and conversion-oriented content tend to be oriented toward performance marketing. And rightly so. But if that's the only way you consider the content you create, you're going to bankrupt your brand in the long term. And frankly, I've experienced this firsthand and I do not recommend it. On the other hand, I'd certainly be in my personal happy place if all I ever did was create brand marketing. I just want to think and share and write and podcast without it having a bearing on sales. And I've experienced the consequences of this approach as well. So today, it's all about the balance, all about finding the happy medium between performance and brand, between conversion and ideas. You may or may not have a business that needs to strike this balance in the same way I do, but I hope that by explaining my own approach and thinking here, you can see the way you create content and build a content-based sales process in a new light. 
If you're looking for more of this kind of approach to business building, or you're looking for the support of people who embrace thinking differently about business, I want to invite you to join us inside the What Works Network. This short clip is from just one of the four support events we hold every month. Plus, we facilitate and encourage conversations like this one on our dedicated private community platform every day. We're opening the door to new members soon. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash network to put your name on the list.